0: And either welcome or welcome back to At Least There's a Dog, a Star Trek Enterprise review podcast in which we will boldly go, episode by episode, through the Star Trek series that, whatever its flaws, undeniably has the most dog. We are your hosts, Mandy and Josh, and on tonight's show, we will be discussing episode 21, Vox Sola.
1: Yes, we will. I like that one.
0: Yeah, this one was good. It's been a little bit since we had an episode that we just agreed was good, yeah, hasn't it?
1: And I went into this one expecting a bad episode.
0: Yeah, because the title is a pretentious Latin phrase.
1: Yeah, and... um... Like,
0: of the pretentious Latin phrases that Star Trek has used to title its episodes, it is one of the less pretentious ones. It's
1: actually kind of funny. Like, the um, if you look at the list, because of course Memory Alpha has a list... Of episodes with Latin titles. Of course. Uh, like, it was basically uh, Inter Arma, and Ocealan
0: Legos. Yeah, that one.
1: Um, and Vox Sola for like, maybe one or two others for a while. Uh, and then Discovery and Picard have been just like Latin all Latin-ing the time. It up. Yep. Of course. They've more than doubled the, the number of uh, Latin titles in just a Few seasons.
0: Well, they're extremely pretentious, so that does not yeah. surprise yeah, me. Yeah, they are. Um, but this is not a Discovery or Picard podcast, so let's talk about the good non-pretentious episode that happens to have the Latin title. If you don't have your Latin dictionary handy next to you or don't remember your high Ooh, school Latin. Can I do class, this? Yes, go ahead.
1: Vox Sola. It's the lone voice or solo voice.
0: Yeah. And that's important because it's the it's the voice that had been separated from all the other voices. No, in its no, it's, big it's, it's one
1: big organism, so it, spe- it speaks and thinks with only one voice. Yeah, but then it's also it the wants, one
0: It's also the one that had been separated, so it's got a double meaning.
1: But it wanted all the other things to come inside of it and mm-hmm. also be its one voice. It'd also
0: be its one voice. Very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Now, this would have lost no meaning whatsoever by just calling it one voice, but, you know, whatever. We won't Google too much.
1: Mm-hmm. But is there more meanings to this?
0: Probably, and I'm sure we will determine them Could as it be we go because along. because
1: Hoshi is the only one saying we should talk to it?
0: And also because Travis was the only one on the bridge?
1: On behalf of the entire Enterprise, because he speaks with one voice for all of them.
0: Yep, because they all speak with one voice, and it's the voice of Travis Mayweather.
1: This has, like, 16 levels of meaning. Take that, James Joyce! Let's see you... Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so That's no, what he does for breakfast. Don't
0: do that. <laughs> you, you don't want to go there. Actually, I do. Okay. James
1: Joyce is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's fine. I know.
1: Seriously, read Dubliners. Okay. Maybe I'll read it to you as a bedtime story.
0: Okay, but we'll do that much much later. If we you're listening to this, Mister
1: McHugh, <laughs> it's still stuck with me. <laughs> he's probably not listening to this. That
0: would be my guess. Yes, but I'm. You know what? I'm glad you read something in high school that you liked.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Shall we talk about what, the, the, should we do the episode again? Yes,
0: let's talk about the episode. I'll go ahead and recap it for the good people out there. This was Vox Sola. We open on the Enterprise crew, having badly ruffled the petticoats of a species that appear to be alien Southern Baptists. But as usual, the aliens we see in the first five minutes are not the aliens of the week.
1: The alien That's who, an interesting observation. Isn't
0: it? I just realized that we've had a lot of episodes that have them talking to a completely different alien in the first five minutes than they do in the rest of the episode. And the alien
1: in the first five minutes always has, like, really cool makeup.
0: Yeah, and then, well, this time, the alien wasn't... Well... We'll
1: talk about that. We will discuss
0: whether... Yeah. Anyway... The Alien of the Week is a sentient Lord of the Rings spider web, and it wants to capture juicy red shirts, and also Archer and Tucker, for its dinner or something. It's up to T'Pol and the supporting cast to figure out how to appease it before Archer, Tucker, and company turn into Borg drones. I, I mean, founders. I mean, nebula particles. I mean, how many times have we met this species in various forms in the Star Trek
1: They're universe? They're not quite the same.
0: There. We'll get to that. Reed, of course, wants to shoot it, Hoshi wants to talk to it, Phlox wants it as a pet, and (laughs) T'Pol wants everyone to stop screwing it up, leaving Travis Mayweather on the bridge for the finest moment of his career. Will they learn what the creature wants? Will they save the three trapped crewmen who aren't main cast? (laughs) Why does everyone eat their snacks out of Pyrex dishes in the future? The star of the show, Porthos, is still better security than anyone else on this silly ship.
1: Oh, I noticed.
0: (laughs) All you gotta do is listen to Porthos.
1: Seriously, like...
0: Or in this case, also listen to Hoshi. Did you
1: not notice, like, they apparently they've got cameras everywhere on the ship. Yeah. And sometimes when you try to watch a French film, you just get to see where the camera's pointed. Why isn't one of those pointed at Porthos all the time?
0: Because that's also Archer's quarters. And I no think one... it's,
1: a, it's a risk you have to take. So
0: there should be a camera at all times just watching Archer lounge around in his underwear or whatever it is he does. when.
1: Yeah, I think that Archer, in fact, would be okay eating, with this.
0: Eating Doritos and scratching if had balls or whatever to, he does, If they had listened
1: to Porthos, <laughs> Archer wouldn't have had to spend all that time stuck in that web.
0: Well, he might still have. No. only, like, Porthos would have had to play, like, a lassie role in this one. Actually, that could have been fun. Instead of <laughs> instead of Timmy fell down the well, it's John. It's Johnny and Johnny and Trip uh, fell into the alien spider web. You could do this.
1: This is still a Hoshi episode. Hoshi learns how to speak dog and <laughs> communicates with Porthos, and they they saw, they save the day.
0: Now I kind of want to see the episode where Hoshi tries to learn Porthos's language.
1: I I think she would do quite well. Mm-hmm. Who should be like the best dog trainer on the ship?
0: Probably. Yeah. <sighs>
1: like a dog whisperer.
0: Episodes that we should have that we're never going to have. Yeah. It's a tragedy.
1: But yeah, Porthos got a nice scene all to himself.
0: He got to stand up on his little hind legs and woof at the spider web, and it was very cute. And it then was. There was not enough of it. Yeah. Because there's never enough.
1: He had a little bed.
0: He did. He had a little bed.
1: In, and then he went up on uh, Archer's bed because you need a bigger bed if you're going to bark at a bigger thing.
0: That's how barking at things works. Mm-hmm. You have to be on a big thing to bark at a big thing.
1: You got to get high up so that it understands you.
0: Ooh, I wonder if Porthos could communicate with it. They never tried that possibility.
1: I, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, not like nothing beyond the usual sort of... Um, You're in my territory, woof woof. I want to see that
0: episode, though. I want to see the episode where Porthos is the linchpin that solves the problem. None of this higher math stuff, none of this this force, none of these force fields, none of these medical science-y things, Mm -hmm. just the key to solving the problem is to make Porthos the diplomat because Porthos barks at it and it likes the sound of barks.
1: Or they think that the more legs you have, the better you are. And then
0: it makes Porthos its god. Yeah. Like, this is the episode that I want to see. Same. Just go completely new life and new civilizations ridiculous. However, that is not the episode we got. The episode that we got, however, was still pretty darn good. Yeah, it was.
1: So, speaking of this episode being good, do you want to talk about the the weird thing with it?
0: The weird thing? Okay,
1: fair enough. But this episode was largely just several of the cast members just sort of being suspended in the air in giant spider webs, kind of like raw, like acting weak and talking while Little bits of the spider webs slither around them, and they're all covered in what I will... For purposes of this family friendly podcast, (laughs) describe as cinnamon roll frosting.
0: You just made it worse somehow than you would have (laughs) otherwise. But yes, I know what you're talking about. You
1: know, it's definitely cinnamon roll frosting. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting. Um, It reminded me a lot of Shelob. The, yes, uh the spider. The Lord of the ring spider. Yeah.
0: I was waiting for somebody to finally bust in with the vial of Galadriel.
1: <laughs> Whoa, it actually was like um, susceptible to bright lights.
0: It was. Actually, yeah, when they tried to bust in with four electromagnetic vials of Galadriel, it yeah, kind of started to work, but then they realized they were killing all their crew members, too.
1: Yeah, the vial of Galadriel is pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this preceded the uh the cinematic release of the two towers i mean obviously the book was out first but i don't think the book gave you quite that sort of imagery
0: not that i remember it's been a while since it's I read been it, a but,
1: while but... since i read it yeah um but yeah i even from the very first moment when we saw the thumbnail on amazon for this
0: also in the movie we didn't see that much web like all we really saw was her. Grabbing Frodo and then just wrapping him up in his own private little shroud.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: So this was much more web. Much
1: more webby, yeah. Very very webby, but interesting. And I'm I'm really curious how the actors felt. Like, probably gross. I guess so. They yeah, probably, probably felt like, real gross. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, cinnamon roll frosting. They were
0: covered in what was probably something like papier mache
1: goo. I guess so.
0: Yeah. It did not look pleasant to be covered in.
1: No. But even those scenes weren't that bad. Um, and then the stuff outside of that was actually really good.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: do you want to do pluses and minuses or do you have any more sort of general feelings No, I think this? we
0: can go on to pluses and minuses because most of mine are pretty big. So All right, let's I do think, it. And I don't want to eat into my list too much. Let's do it. Okay.
1: You want me to start it off?
0: Uh yeah. You go ahead and start it off.
1: First, plus the music, like.
0: Well, there goes one of mine.
1: Most of the time when I'm I'm watching a Star Trek episode, like the music kind of, you know, just sits in the background. It's all fairly similar, mm-hmm. um, but this one was not.
0: What kind of string instrument solo did they have going on there think, during that one scene? I think was that, was that was a violin. Okay, that was just a violin.
1: I, I think the, I think it was mostly violins, but like it was. <laughs>
0: It was a lone voice oh. in the orchestra.
1: Yeah, I guess you could say that.
0: I this joke will is, is already very very old. I never thought it was funny to begin it with,
1: yet. but. <laughs> um,
0: but in any case, there was a violin at one point, and if you've watched the episode, you probably know exactly what point I'm talking
1: about. Yeah, but um, so I looked it up, at, or I, I saw it in the credits. Actually, it was Paul Bylarjian, I guess.
0: Sure, he's got a a name that is long and has a lot of
1: yeah. letters in so it. So he's he's actually written a lot of music for a lot of Star Trek episodes, but I don't know. This not is their just,
0: regular guy. He's not Jay Chattaway.
1: It's not Jay Chattaway or Dennis McCarthy.
0: Or Dennis McCarthy, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, it, it stood out. Um it a great job. Like it it did a really good job of making those scenes with the web just feel that much more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm.
0: I actually thought the music was the best part of the scenes in the web.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. All right.
0: Okay. Your turn. Uh, my first plus that you haven't stolen is great use of the whole cast. Oh, so, that's right. This was a Fred Decker episode. He's written a few episodes. Um, I think Berman and Braga got story credit as well, but the, telepre- the, the telepre- wow, teleplay mm-hmm. was credited to Fred Decker. And I'm noticing a pattern with his episodes that he is really good at ensemble episodes. Like, he really does try to use most of or all of the cast. And in this one, like, not only was everybody present, but, like, everybody got... Everyone had a scene. Like, moments in the plural. Yeah. 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 Um, And that was really good to see because, like, also everybody was really good in their moments, in the plural. Mm-hmm. I felt extremely fond of the entire cast at the end of this
1: episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you disagree? No, 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 there was a part in the middle of the episode where I wasn't fond of one of the members of the cast, but we'll... Were we'll you not there.
0: fond of the... Were you, were you not fond of the actor or of the character? The character. Okay. Because I was thinking of the actors here. Oh, okay. Like, every everybody rose to the occasion for having actual lines in the material for everyone. But yeah, there were, like, there was always something going on. That was one of the other things, was that this episode didn't have a whole lot of downtime in it.
1: It had... Um, a lot happened.
0: Yeah. And uh, something different was going on with all the various little groups of people. So, really solid ensemble episode all the way around.
1: Yep. Oh, I guess that's back to me. Um, I... this actually did a really good job of... Uh, characterizing Archer and his friendly sort of relationship with Trip. Yeah. Um, it was really great. Like, Archer's all mad because that first contact was
0: definitely not
1: good. Um, and I, I also really liked why it was not good.
0: Yes. I was expecting it to be because somebody finally got ticked off that Archer kept forcing handshakes on them. They, they
1: mentioned that.
0: They did mention that. Nobody I did note was like, maybe he shouldn't do that anymore. But perhaps no, they will have that they, conversation in a future episode. Maybe they
1: will, because as we know, handshakes can lead to all sorts of problems. Yep,
0: stop shaking people's hands. You don't know if they like it.
1: Or if it'll make them pregnant. Or, or if, if it'll you make you pregnant. pregnant.
0: You is the key here.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the, the twist reason that they were unhappy was that the crew was eating.
0: And they apparently regard eating as uh, a very private act. Yes. Not to be done. Similar to mating, as they
1: said. Yeah. Not to be done in public. Yeah. Um. Which, you know, that's, that's that's fun. Yeah. You really should check on these things before you, you do it.
0: Yep. Like you you don't know what you're coming across in all these things. This is
1: one of the things that Enterprise is is actually pretty good at. And it's something that you can do in a prequel and it's something they're doing well. Like go explore those strange new worlds. Let them be strange.
0: Let them be strange and also show us when the crew screws up.
1: Yeah, and and, <laughs> and like, make it
0: clear that the crew is in fact screwing up.
1: Yeah, they're but they're learning from it.
0: They are, except they still haven't learned not to try to shake hands. Like,
1: this is, this is the sort of situation where if uh, Captain Picard on the Enterprise-D was going to meet these species, um, Data would list off all of their weird quirks before they get there. Mm-hmm. And here, we're discovering the but weird here, quirks. But here, there is
0: no Data. We don't know the species. We can't even really talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. So that is cool.
1: Um, and I, that wasn't even what I was trying to talk about. Um, I just really liked, you know. Archer's in this terrible mood, and then Trip cheers him up. Like, I got. We can go watch water polo.
0: With so at first he describes it as the Stanford versus Texas match or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh geez, is it basketball? Is it football? Is it no? It's water polo. As it turns yeah, out,
1: which is great. Like, and and actually doesn't. It's like a uh,
0: stereotypical male bonding over the most unstereotypical male bonding sport.
1: Exactly. Apparently, um, Archer played water polo in college.
0: I, I, I'm into it? Yeah. He and... was talking about trying to get a pool on the Enterprise?
1: Mm-hmm. And they rightfully realized that was a terrible idea. Yep, very good. Um, it would not be for quite a long time, uh, until Scotty, uh, put a big pool into a Klingon ship and, uh, made everything okay.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, I remember that. Yeah,
1: me too. Um, but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed watching those two bond over the uh, water polo mm-hmm. game.
0: Yeah, one of my pluses is that in general, I thought that the crew business was very charming and well put together. I liked the bonding over the water polo game. I liked the little mess hall moment between Reed and Mayweather and Hoshi, mostly between Reed and Mayweather. Um, I liked the movie theater scene where uh Reed was... I was expecting explosions. <laughs> Reed was expecting explosions from the French movie that they were trying to watch. Mm-hmm. Um
1: I liked the uh scene with Reed and Fox as well. Yeah. That's actually a separate one of my classes. Um
0: that I didn't consider that like business because it wasn't them just going about their days. But uh, it did a lot to kind of lull you into a false sense of security before it dropped the spider web on everybody.
1: So that, that's an interesting point. Like, it's a, quite the contrast between everyday, fairly normal crew experiences, plus offending a new species. Um, you know,
0: everyday normal crew experiences.
1: Uh, contrasted with nightmare of spider web. Yeah,
0: exactly. Huh, it's an yeah. effective horror technique right there.
1: Yeah, I did a good job. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think you're up again.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. It, it almost felt like it came out of nowhere, but it was so good. The apology.
0: The apology. <laughs> the so, apology on the bridge.
1: So because the episode makes good use of the entire cast, Travis is the only one left on the bridge. Yep. Everyone else is busy doing something else. And so it comes down to him to communicate and his, with... And is
0: he actually by himself on the bridge at that moment? I like, think
1: there was an extra in the background or two.
0: Yeah, but the extras don't get but to like, talk, so...
1: Like, there's no one in the captain's chair. There's no one in... Because
0: everybody else is off trying to deal with the creature, and so Travis is the ranking officer on the bridge.
1: Yeah, and handles it so well. Like, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, he probably deserves, like... I don't know. Maybe not a promotion, but like at least recognition for what he just did. But no one saw it. It's true. Like.
0: But they they always say that like the test of your character is what you do when nobody else is looking.
1: Fair enough, and and he he was great. Like
0: he handles he, it. Very he's
1: well. like, all right. <laughs> just... um, our communication has been very bad. I am going to diplomatically explain <laughs> our situation, and. I will diplomatically handle this insult that we it, it was just great and yep it,
0: on behalf of the entire enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> no it was good like
1: and i was actually because li- you could
0: tell he found this very bizarre but you know you you do what you gotta do
1: also it was a decent apology yeah like i was a little bit worried he's like well i'm sorry if you were offended no 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 he he actually did a, a real just, not fake you know, apology
0: it was just you know we didn't realize we were doing something to offend you
1: but we we're, were deeply sorry i'm
0: sorry that we're such big doofuses and that we don't yeah. check on these things yeah yeah no it was good it was, it was great um okay cool uh what else have i got um the episode did very well with keeping the suspense going considering how many times something like this plot has been done in star trek
1: mind if i add a piece to
0: this yes
1: the use of the red shirts
0: yeah no that was part of it was because there were three red shirts trapped in the Spider web with Archer and Tucker. If it had been just Archer and Tucker, then there would have been nothing to worry about because we know they're going to be fine. They're in the main cast.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: then there were these other three people, and I don't think it was ever actually confirmed that all three of them made it out. But like, I'm assuming they did, because otherwise they would have said something.
1: Yeah, I mean, Fox was monitoring their vital signs true. and definitely would have said something if
0: that is one true. of them had died. But like, because there were you know unnamed characters in there...
1: yeah. I and, and especially because they were like they were um, you know making themselves uh, sympathetic characters
0: yeah, because they introduced us to yeah. well, two of them kind of beforehand. yeah two and of them there was that one dude who was just on the who was just like in the room with yeah. Reed and company when
1: yeah, but like they I was afraid that that one or more of them was not gonna make it. I cause... was pretty
0: convinced that the one dude who was the first one trapped in there was not gonna make it. Because they were building him up too much.
1: Mhm. But uh, it and looks I like was he like, oh, that okay.
0: Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you're nice. You're gonna die."
1: But. But good job. Like they, they kept the tension up mm-hmm. without, you know, murdering people.
0: And I gotta remember that Enterprise NXO one has a fairly small crew complement, and therefore doesn't play as fast and loose with its crew. Well, I think As some of the other ships do.
1: I think that's more like um, the, the era on which it's on TV.
0: I mean, yeah, but I'm trying to keep it within the story here. Like, they don't have crew to spare.
1: They don't have crew to spare, but also, like, um, I, I think that everyone on the ship knows, like, this is Earth's chance. Yeah. Everyone's watching, and if they start letting all their red shirts go die like a support for this program will go down on earth and uh you know the Vulcans will probably point out yeah and you know also you'll have dead friends so yeah they're they're trying real hard yeah, not to are. let anyone die and uh so far they're doing a pretty good job but still it.
0: every so often one of them also will mention like we knew what we were getting into when we signed up for this like we knew there was a chance we might not come back so mm-hmm. they do keep it going that way
1: Yeah.
0: All right. What else you got?
1: Um, the... I don't think we ever got a name for the spiderweb creatures, but, uh, their homeworld was pretty darn cool.
0: It was! Yeah. Yeah. It did actually remind me of kind of a blue palette version of the Founders (laughs) homeworld. Okay. Well, no, just because, you know, the, the Founders on Deep Space Nine basically turned themselves into a big ocean. Mm-hmm. When they're not the great assuming... Link. Yeah, the Great Link.
1: Spoilers
0: for DS9 if you yeah. haven't watched it. But
1: whatever. It's fine.
0: Um, but uh, when they're not assuming another form, they just form the Great Link, which is a big planetary ocean. And in this case, there was a big planetary Great Link spider web. Mm-hmm. Yep. And instead of being orange, it was mostly blue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, cool design.
1: Anything else? I fo- have
0: com- I have complained a great deal about lazy alien designs in the last couple episodes. This one was fairly unlazy, despite being, you know, a concept they've used before. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. Go, Roxanne Dawson.
1: Oh yeah, with the directing. Yeah. No, it was, it was very well done.
0: Yeah, very skillful directing.
1: Um, I want to point out two scenes that I thought were very good. One was um, with Malcolm and Fox in sick bay, okay. arguing over the ethics of
0: uh huh
1: messing with that uh, tentacle. Um, Who we... cares
0: about ethics all of a sudden? <laughs>
1: um, not Yeah, that's, that's, that's a. Hmm, maybe we mischaracterized him.
0: Yeah.
1: Or something. I don't know. Or the
0: writers forgot what they'd written about him in the past. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think he, I think he cares about preservation of life. He does not care about um, privacy. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, and the other one was the scene with uh, Tapal and Hoshi. Mm-hmm. Um I hold you to a high standard because I know you are capable of achieving it. Yeah,
0: that was some good teacher stuff in there.
1: Yeah. Um, and it like I've been kind of annoyed at to talking down to Hoshi the whole time mm-hmm. And then it's like, I don't know, it was a great payoff.
0: Yeah Because you know to has a way of feeling like she's talking down to everybody. Because that's just kind of yeah. what her character which, is. Which just
1: means that when she gives you a compliment, it's all that much more meaningful.
0: Yeah, And I was actually starting to wonder in the middle of that scene, like, didn't the two of them kind of have a bonding moment a few episodes ago? Like, when she was teaching Hoshi how to how to calm yourself in a mm. turbulent situation? Like, where did all that go? And then they kind of brought it back where yeah, you know, Tapal says, you know, actually, I do have a lot of confidence in you.
1: Mm-hmm. it's pretty cool yeah so that was cool all right i think i'm out of pluses
0: well that's a pretty good transition actually into my first minus bring it which is as much as i like this episode can we have a hoshi plot that isn't about hoshi doubting herself fair enough because that's been all of our hoshi plots so far all of our hoshi plots are i don't belong on the ship i don't belong in space i'm not good enough to be here nobody respects me and then, of course, it always ends with actually, you're very good at your job and everybody respects you. And in a couple episodes, we'll probably be back to I'm not good enough to be on the ship and I'm terrible and nobody respects me. Yeah, I guess we'll see. So can we end that cycle, please?
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so probably the the biggest minus I have on this mm-hmm. is that the, the subplot about the force field felt really out of place. In fact... Like, I I see where it went in the end. Um, Like, they they used it so that they could make sounds for the creature while safely behind a force field. But, like, they spent a a decent bit of time on it, and I'm just like, until I saw it in use at the end, I'm like, why are we doing a force field? Like, why are you inventing a new technology for this? Like, you already know it doesn't like bright lights, just like turn the lights on real bright outside the door and stand right outside the door. Like, did they really need to make a force field for that?
0: Because it was cool, I guess?
1: Yeah, well, like it, it worked. Because they needed and... something
0: to fill up a few minutes?
1: And it did, though. Like, it filled up the few minutes just right so that the episode had great pacing. Um, but it, it did feel kind of out of place to me. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it was kind of cool to see, like, oh that's this familiar thing that we see from star trek and here they are inventing it
0: malcolm reed just invented it right here well he he said
1: they were working on it but he perfected it yeah and and it was a little weird also like is the ability of, of a force field to withstand phaser fire really significant for the ability of a force field to withstand a tentacle slapping it
0: uh, I guess that was the best they could do. I was a little confused about that, too. Yeah. But also, Flocks wouldn't let him test it on the tentacles, so... Uh, yeah, okay. Gotta, I guess. gotta do the best he can. I guess so. Uh, speaking of Malcolm Reed, one of my minuses. Who is Malcolm Reed? Oh. What Malcolm Reed are we dealing with this episode? Go ahead. Is it... Uh, very proper and rules oriented Malcolm Reed or is it crazy throw crap at the wall and see what sticks and blow things up Malcolm Reed I mean the the answer is the latter yes but Malcolm Reed continues to be kind of uh, many personalities within one character Mm -hmm. and I would like them to pick one and stick to it
1: I mean yeah
0: fair enough and honestly, like, I'm kind of okay with him being the blow-stuff-up guy because being the British one, you kind of expect him to be the stodgy and proper guy. So, I don't know, having the, having the British barbarian kind of appeals to me.
1: <laughs> he does like explosions.
0: Yep. He won't go see the French movie unless there are explosions in it. I yep. appreciated that.
1: Yep. Um, so, while I praise that scene where the to Paul and Toshi making up, Mm-hmm. I was really tired of T'pal, uh ragging on Hoshi.
0: Yeah, I think I had something written in my notes at one point about everybody being mean to Hoshi.
1: Yeah, and but just like T'Paul was choosing words so poorly that you have to assume it was intentional.
0: Yeah, she's not...
1: Like, you know that's going to make her feel bad. You've hung around humans long enough to know that that you are... That is considered an insult. Mm-hmm. Like... And the way, that they,
0: the way that they keep writing her, which is also dumb, is that she's like, well, you shouldn't let it bother you because that's letting your emotions be in charge. And it's like, she's she's smart enough to know that that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You can't just stop feeling how you feel about a thing. Yep. And yeah, she has spent long enough around this crew to know how human manners work.
1: Mm-hmm. And she's... She's getting better at it. She's kind of got a little bit of a sense of humor.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed her comment early on about how maybe they were offended by Mr. Tucker's table manners.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was in a, very... in a way they were, but uh, yeah, they yeah. were the table manners that we all do.
0: So. Yeah, they were They were everybody's table manners. Yep. Um, it was a very Spock to Bones kind of line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two are going to make out eventually. Driven yeah, to Ball, I mean.
1: Probably. Um... So, um, is it my turn again? I think so. Okay. Uh, this is it, it feels a little bad to make fun to, to pick on this, but oi, the CG was pretty, uh, pretty bad.
0: I'm kind of willing to give them a pass on. Yeah, it. that's they didn't the have thing. Any money.
1: It's it's 2002. Like, the standards for computer generated imagery have changed.
0: They have, and especially like TV computer generated imagery. Yeah.
1: And <sighs> yeah, it's also not really fair to on it like we love babylon 5 yeah and oh my goodness
0: (laughs) babylon 5 is very uh let's say that there are peaks and valleys in the cg
1: uh the first season is pretty bad it gets better
0: yeah that's what i mean there are peaks and valleys
1: more more of like a a hill yeah one one big hill yeah but uh yeah at
0: this point like we've already established that they're on a budget of like nine dollars an episode so Mm mm-hmm they don't have a whole lot of money left over for CG. Yep. The non-CG effects were actually pretty good, so.
1: The, um, the frosting?
0: Yes, the frosting. <sighs> <laughs> huh, why did you, why did you make that euphemism?
1: <laughs> it's not a euphemism. It's actually frosting.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> Gonna stop thinking about it now. All right. Um, speaking of the practical effects, um, the scenes in the web were a little bit
1: dull. Yeah, like I get they're trying to act like they're low energy and being sapped of their strength. But that's
0: not
1: exciting
0: to watch. Yeah, and also they were all kind of samey. Just we kept going over to the web and they're trying to keep each other awake. And they're talking about some nonsense. And then we cut back over to what else is going on. As long as they're all becoming one organism and getting access to each other's private thoughts... I would have loved a little bit about, like...
1: They could have had a lot more interesting stuff. Oh, but yeah. yeah.
0: You thought, what about Subcommander to Paul?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but no, they just kept on talking about the water polo game, and after a while, it's like, that cannot be all you guys are thinking about right now. No,
1: especially because there are three other people in there who probably don't know anything about water polo. Yeah, what they of mean, said one of them even about... said,
0: I, I don't know anything about water polo, and yet I'm feeling the same way that you all are. Yeah. Which I kept waiting for that to turn into something that had a little bit more of an impact, and it never did.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm actually out of my sister. Uh,
0: me too. Oh, cool. Yeah, there wasn't that much that I didn't like about the episode. Yeah, but. no,
1: this is a fun one. It's a you know, if you if you got some uh, reservations about giant spider webs,
0: maybe there's don't watch a, it right before bed. There's not actually a spider, though. No, there's no the, spider. Like, there's a web, but there's no spider. The yeah. web is the spider. Um, I will say I am becoming cautiously impressed with Enterprise's track record with horror episodes Mm -hmm. or even partially horror episodes. Yeah. Because they seem to know how to do it. Mm -hmm. They seem to know fairly well how to do comedy and how to do... Which is a nice
1: surprise. Yes.
0: How to do comedy and how to do horror. Mm -hmm. And if they're just going to do comedy episodes and horror episodes, I will watch the heck out of that show. The problem is I think they're going to start trying to do drama again soon.
1: Yeah, they're not always good at that one.
0: No, not so much. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, Speaking of drama, I believe we have a Kirk Award to give out. We do. This may be... I guess we didn't discuss this one beforehand, so I guess we'll see what we have in mind. Yep. Anyway, every show we bestow the James Tiberius Kirk Award on the character who spends the episode keeping the Star Trek legacy alive by doing the best William Shatner impersonation.
1: The what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) I was all ready to hear your argument for it.
1: I I don't have an argument for it. I just wanted to see the look on your face if I suggested it.
0: Was it good? It was pretty good. Okay, cool. In all seriousness, though...
1: Oh, um, Travis. Travis. Okay. <laughs> well, that
0: was nice and easy. That
1: was nice and He easy. gets
0: it just for that moment on the bridge. Oh my,
1: just like he's like gesturing with his hands as he's communicating uh-huh. the concept of tendrils. And...
0: Yeah, it's big. Now, I have something written in there when they asked him to describe the alien. What do I have written in my notes there? It was good. Um, oh, yeah, it's big. Very good, Travis. <laughs> And then when they ask him to apologize, and he figures out what's going wrong, and and th- or what they did wrong, Anthony Montgomery's eyes get all big, and he looks so earnest, and it was such, a, it was such a William Shatner in his big moments type thing. And I just saw him, and I was like, "Future Starship Captain, right there, you precious baby."
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: I think that's his first one.
1: It well, he's
0: had nothing to do. <laughs> That's true. So I'm glad we are finally able to bestow this upon you. Anson Travis Mayweather, the Kirk Award is yours this time around.
1: Hey, as always, wash it before you use it.
0: Oh, dear. Yeah, it might have frosting on it. <laughs>
1: All right. Are we... Anything in... else? I'm good.
0: All righty. Cool. As always, thank you for listening. And if you did enjoy this, please tell your friends and family to join the crew. If you're really enjoying this, please consider leaving us a rating or review or even signing up for a subscription on the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to tell us how we have brightened your day, shoot us an email at least there's a dog at gmail.com. And if you're watching along with us, your next assignment is the episode Fallen Hero. Ooh. Very exciting. Take care, and until next time, remember to go wherever your heart will take you. Bye. Bye.